All right, hello everyone. Um, welcome back to Midwest Madness, your true crime, cult, conspiracy, encrypted podcast. I'm Emily, and I'm Danielle. And um, it is the week of Christmas, so it is. So Merry Christmas, everybody! If you celebrate Christmas, and Happy Holidays if you don't. Correct. Um, well, I suppose Happy Holidays if you also celebrate Christmas, but redundant. If you hear a crinkling noise, that was Emily putting an ice back on her head. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, it's not that I'm not feeling good. I just have a very bad headache today. And it's just like a different headache than what I normally get. It's like my whole head versus just like specific spots. Yeah, that's weird. So if I don't seem like I have as much energy as I normally do. She doesn't. That is why. <laughs> I'm just trying to get through this, to be honest. So, Well, good thing yours is kind of shorter, you said. So yeah. That'll be nice. And then you just have to listen to mine. Exactly. So my episode this week is a little bit shorter. Um, I got into a story and I got like three pages in and then I realized there was not much more information out there. And at that point, I was like, well, I don't want to start a whole new episode. So... It's the week of Christmas, so we figured, you know, a shorter episode, probably not the worst thing, so... Right. Yeah. Um, also, we, this week, um, I'm back in Illinois. I know you were in Illinois. Not long ago. Last yeah. episode. Yeah, last week. Um, but we had a DM on Instagram from one of our listeners, and... She DM'd us in, like, the middle of November, and she was like, I love your episode, or your podcast, can you please do more episodes in Illinois? So, um, this one's for her. So, you you responded to that, right? Yeah. Okay, because I was so confused, because she wrote back. Yeah. And I saw it, but I didn't see the first one, so then I was like, I don't remember responding to this. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you just automatically assume that? I don't. Because I'm an idiot, and I don't always remember when I respond to things. So, oh, yeah, it was just kind of like this moment where I was like, I don't remember this conversation. Did I do this? <laughs> I did also ask her if I could say her name, but she never got back to me. So, okay. I don't know. I can check really quick if she. I mean, I looked like an hour before you oh, got here, but okay. never mind. So, you know, I guess I won't say it, but you know who you are. Uh, so this one's for you. Um, we are going to be talking about one of the oldest unsolved murder cases in the state of Illinois. Ooh. Which, okay, I saw that on, like, one of my sources. But the case is from 1975, so that doesn't really seem like... Doesn't feel that old. No, exactly. So take that with a grain of salt. Okay. Um... So, we are going back to 1975 and to the campus of Illinois State University. We've been hitting schools quite a bit lately. In the last month, we've done three different schools. We did Madison, you know, like University of Madison. Oh, those were different. I know, but I'm just saying, like, we've been kind of around schools a lot. I guess. Um, Illinois State University is located in Normal, Illinois. Um, Rather than abnormal. Illinois is just north of Bloomington, Illinois, um, which is located pretty much in the center of the state. 
I believe if you like, I'm. Sh- I feel like most people who go to this school say that. Sorry, I'm. Do I'm they um. That they live in Bloomington. Okay, so kind of like, we would say that we live in the Twin Cities. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, no, it's even closer. Oh. Okay. But. Yeah. So f- I'm gonna say normal slash Bloomington. Um. Illinois State University is the home of the Redbirds, which is basically the Cardinals, a Cardinal, but okay. they call it the Redbirds. Um, it has about 21,000 students, so it's a pretty big school. Um, the town of Normal slash Bloomington itself is rated one of the top 40 college towns in the country based on quality of life and one of the top 10 for arts and ent- entertainment opportunities. Wow. Um, the story has a little bit of Greek life in it so um there are multiple different sororities and fraternities on the illinois state university campus that you can get involved in it looks like there are about 26 different frats and sororities so a lot of different houses okay um did you ever think about rushing yeah i did i did too i actually even contacted somebody and was like how does this process work and then I decided not to. Well, yeah. You went to a small school, though. I did. Um, cool. Okay. So, that's Illinois State University. Okay. Um, now, the story I'm going to be telling is the story of Carol Rofstad. Now, on December 23rd, 1975, this story just happens to be around Christmas. Did not plan that intentionally. <laughs> I was going to say nice timing. Um, around noon, Carol was found beaten and unconscious outside of her sorority house at 602 South Fell Street on the campus of Illinois State University. Um, now, I did Google 602 South Fell Street to see if it was still like a sorority house. Okay. It is not. It looks like it's apartment buildings. Okay. Um. So it's still house, probably still college housing. No, it looks too nice. Oh, really? I mean, maybe college students live there, but I wouldn't say it's like student housing. Affiliated, no. affiliated with the college. Okay. No. Okay. Um, it looks like a pretty quiet street, so not, you know, kind of like a little off street. Okay. Um, I also, I this is really random, but I always wonder if like, do you think those people who live there now like what? Well, in some states, it has to be disclosed. Well, it wasn't in the house or anything. It was on the street. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I totally just talked out of my microphone. But <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, well, you, I, wouldn't. I, I was going to say it's you. So I, this might be a dumb question. But did you like search your place before you bought it? No, but it. From it's not old, so that's true. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Carol was 21 years old when she was murdered. So, spoil. I mean, we know she died, but she was murdered. Yeah. Um. The suspected murder weapon was a 18-inch piece of railroad tie, and it was found next to her body. That's a weird murder weapon. Yeah. Carol had... So, hold on, sorry. What is a, a railroad tie? Is that like... Don't know. Okay. Can I Google it or would you... Yeah, go for it. it. Okay. 
Um, Carol had apparently been attacked about 12 hours prior to being found. They could tell that she had been outside for a while because there were signs of hypothermia on her body. So that would make it meet like around midnight the night before that she was attacked. Um, Carol unfortunately died from her injuries, which were mainly on her head, on Christmas Eve of 1975. Okay, so a railroad tie, real quick, is the wood piece that's like the base of the railroad track. So, like, it's the underside of the track. Okay. Um, now, when I first started reading about this story, um, at first I thought it was a little weird that it took so long for Carol to be found because she was outside. Yeah. Was it, like, snowing or something? And it took 12 hours for someone to find her. That's a really long time. And she was found at, like, noon. So, I mean, that's, like... Yeah, it wasn't like she was found at like 8 a.m. when the sun came up. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, well, I suppose the campus is probably closed, right? So you have less people wandering but around. Then I had to remind myself that most of the students had already gone home for the holiday break. So, I mean, this was December 23rd. There was probably yeah. really no one around. And the street itself did look, like I said, like a little bit of a quieter street that you probably wouldn't just like drive down, walk down or, or drive down okay. unless you needed to. But. Um, it was said that Carol had actually stayed behind on campus to work her job before heading back home to Elk Grove Village to spend Christmas with her family. Um, now, if you've ever been on a college campus during a break, you know, there's like, there's literally no one around. So it's very quiet. The fact that it took until 12 the next day to find her after taking that into consideration is not super surprising. Yes, I would agree. Um, now, to be the honest, there, like I said, there isn't a whole lot of information about this case, so I don't even can't even really tell you where Carol was the night before she was found. Um, wow, that's really not a lot. I don't know if like she was walking home from work or she went out or what, but it was said that there had been two men spotted the night of December twenty second. Between 10 and 10.15 p.m. Um, near where Carol was found, one man apparently was carrying a club. Both men were white and between the ages of 18 to 25. These men have never been located and police, as far as we know, have never been able to talk to them. It has been stated, though, that Carol was found with money in her wallet and there are no signs of sexual assault on her body. So... So, like, what's what was the, the motivation? Motive? Yeah. yeah. Weird. Yeah, very weird. Um, there were two girls still in the sorority house that night that Carol was attacked, but um, neither of them heard or saw anything. There have been, um, like, the eyewitness accounts have been released about the two men, and there was a sketch done about the first male suspect, um, but it didn't generate any leads. And like I said, that's pretty much all the information I have. But I do want to talk real quick about um, one of the people who investigated the case. Um, his name is George Siebel. Uh, Siebel says that he became involved in the case when one of Carol's sorority sisters contacted him after reading about past work he had done on cold cases. Okay. 
At the time, he was working in an in, as an independent investigator. Um, Siebel does not believe the information that the two eyewitnesses provided to police. He said, uh, was quoted saying that, um, quote, nothing about the eyewitness accounts makes sense. Who can see someone's eye color at 10 o'clock at night? End quote. Because, like, the, that's a good point. Yeah, the I like the eyewitness accounts did have, like, all that, like, brown hair, brown eyes, blah, 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 you know? Yeah, and, like, unless you're literally walking with them, with them, or, like, right past them and you make eye contact, you probably still wouldn't even at that time of night. Right. Siebel also stated that him and his partner were asked to check out one of the suspects in Carol's case, and he said that he, after he began working the case solo, he realized that he recognized the name of the person. But that's all it says about that. Interesting. Siebel um, believes that this crime was the work of one man and not two. When he brought his information to the normal police in 2008, he was told that the one man who he thought it was yeah. had been ruled out because he passed a polygraph, which we all know is basically not junk. super reliable. No. So. Apparently, this man hasn't been named, but he was well-known around the Illinois State University campus back in 1975. Okay. Like, in a good way or a bad way? I didn't say. Okay. I'm going to assume probably bad, but I don't know. Now, um, here is something super crazy to think about. Uh, In the summer of 1974, a man broke into Carol's sorority house through a window yikes he had cut the phone lines um found carol sleeping in her bed covered her mouth and threatened to kill her oh no when carol screamed the attacker threw her against the dresser breaking her nose and fled no one got a good look at the intruder but many of carol's sorority sisters and her family believe that the two two attacks were linked i mean i can understand why they would believe that and if we don't like if for a case not having a motive like that could be uh yeah, especially if he, she saw him. Yeah. So. That was like a threat or whatever. Yeah. You know, to him. And he did say he did threaten to kill her, so. Yeah, that's true. Um, And that's it. That's all I have. Wow. Uh, Do you, do you want to, like, put in your two cents of um, what you think might have happened? I find it strange that, like, she was just murdered. Yeah, that like, there was no motive. There, yeah, it, it just doesn't, there doesn't feel like there's a motive. So that almost speaks to me, like maybe she pissed somebody off or like had an enemy that we don't know about necessarily or you know i i feel like she might have known the person oh yeah like that's kind of like gut feeling but again we we literally know nothing so all of this is complete speculation and i feel like it was kind of like a personal attack like to beat someone that brutally is especially in the face and head yeah like they say that you know if when you're pissed off at somebody you want to remove their identity if you know them and blah 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 also like what a very weird um murder weapon right super weird like where did you get the railroad tie yeah and And why leave it yeah i can't believe they didn't get fingerprints off of i suppose it's probably a coarse material and it's probably hard to do but like it just feels like they should have been able to get something well this was 1975 remember yeah, but they've been doing fingerprints since, like, the early 1900s. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure it was the early 1900s. I could look it up, but I just i am not going to. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 
very sad that we don't have any answers. I have a feeling that the possibly the two attacks were linked. Like, what are the chances? Yeah. Um, and but I mean, that person did threaten her. Also, why would it take him like a year and a half to come back? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. So. What a weird case. Very weird. Um, I'm so sorry it was so short. Like I said, I got I got into it and and I really thought there was gonna be more and then every source I started to read just had the same information. That's so. so annoying. Um yeah, that's all we got. So um I'll do my my sources really quick. Um I have Illinois State.edu slash about all things considered dot me investigations and the kenoshanews.com um yeah so sorry guys it was so short but probably for the best <laughs> considering how people, i'm feeling right now well so. and people are busy and yeah so um well we hope oh do you want to do socials oh um yeah our socials are midwest madness podcast um on instagram <laughs> i forgot which one that was um or no, sorry, that's on Facebook. Midwest Madness Podcast Group on Facebook. MW Madness Podcast at gmail.com. And then that's our Instagram too, is MW Madness. Awesome. Okay, well, we hope you guys have a great holiday weekend. Um, and Eat some cookies. Yeah. And have some, some hot chocolate. Good food. Yeah. And we will talk to you guys um, next Tuesday. Bye.